0: This show is part of the Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of yon Macool, Cool Cullen, Deirdre draw the Sorrows, Grown your Wail, from giants right down to fairies, both the drooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside, yeah. Fireside, the Puka, Fireside, the Marrow, Fireside. Kings and queens, fat and heroes, don't you run from the fun? there's no need to hide. Sit by the Fireside. Mm -hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish Storytelling Podcast. Each episode of Fireside we take a story from folklore or mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan, I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 111 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast we have a folk tale about the fairy dancing hill. But first I want to give a very big welcome to any new listeners if you like this episode why don't you head back to the very beginning 110 episodes and over two years ago to see what we've been building up to on the journey of fireside and if you are a returning listener as always you are very welcome back Please do follow me over on Instagram at firesidebard. if you want to say hello or keep in touch. It's a really great place to see the measure of the building of the profile and of the podcast um, to see it reflected in the Instagram follows. So thank you to all of those who do, and please do if you haven't already and you do the Instagram thing. If you don't, you can email me at firesidebard at gmail.com. And if you really want to support this podcast, you can do so by joining Headstuff Plus, and joining the brand new community of fireside listeners i want to give a huge thank out thank you so much to all of those particularly uh, those who have been supporting the supporting fireside over on patreon.com who have moved their patronage over to headstuff plus which is a brand new subscription site and will be the new home home for fireside for the for bonus material for bonus videos and content currently there is uh, the video for my original ballad of the giant's causeway and uh, we're now launching uh, footage from as uh, from Celtic Knights which was the show I Irish music show I did in America last year coming soon we have my interview with Mark Williams the author of of Ireland's Immortals and we also have the video from the head uh, from the Headstuff Podcast Network from the uh, from the Irish podcast festival or the Dublin Podcast Festival from Two, nearly two years ago now, about eighteen months ago, uh, which was one of the first live fireside shows. So uh, all of that is coming onto HeadStuff Plus. So thank you so much to those who have already signed up. So I, I hopefully, hopefully this list will be too long to read for soon enough. But for now, I'm very happy to read all the names again: Adele Fitzgerald, Matthew Hill, Dara Courtney, Nicole Sirlich, Bernadette Brady, Cassandra Burrow, Emma Grossmith. Christopher Kendall, Jason Dixon, Brian McGlynn, Kit Mallow, and Catherine Steele. Welcome to Headstuff Plus, and thank you so much for your either new or continued patronage. But speaking of Patreon... I want to give a big thank you to Jessica, who is the newest patron over on Patreon.com. She joins Kevin Magner and Kieran D. Murphy as the latest patrons to the podcast over on Patreon, because I am keeping the Patreon page open for those who are happy to stick with that, and also for listeners who are listening from the beginning and have been listening to me plug, will have to listen to me plug Patreon for a long time before they get up to date because Headset Plus is less than a month old that it's been officially launched Um, but thank you so much to all of those who do support I can't I really can't say that enough uh, because more and more it's it's driving me on and more and more it's it's allowing me to make more of this podcast and to bring this podcast and my own storytelling into the physical world as we all try and get back into the physical world uh, from the pandemic. So yes, once again, God of me the So the story for this week is a folk tale, an Irish fairy tale from wb Irish Folk and Fairy Tales and which I've done a a Wicklow adaptation of this it's the book that I have by Yeats, The Book of Fairy and Folktales of Ireland, is a compilation of a couple of books of folklore that Yeats put together, that were put together as this edition. Likewise with the Lady Gregory's Complete Irish Mythology, that's a compendium of two separate publications she made on Irish mythology. She wrote one entirely on Ku and one on basically everything else, and the book I have is them lumped together. So there is a book that is one of the books that is in the book of fairy and folktales of Ireland is Irish fairy tales and that is one I hadn't really discovered delved into too much because it's at the very back of the book and it's very front-loaded there's a lot of heavy hitters in it and I wanted to spread out and to other sources as well but I find myself coming back again and again to the gospels that are Yeats and Gregory and this is one such story as that. Shank on the Bard from a couple of weeks ago. That was another from this Irish fairy tales section. But this was quite a small tale. This required a bit of fleshing out uh, or more just... I got to relish it a little bit more and colour it a little bit more myself. It's an interesting one when stories are a bit short for, for episodes, I feel. Sometimes it means they're totally ineligible and I never want to have to you know pad anything out when I say I I choose flesh rather than padding because you know I'm not trying to make these longer just for the sake of it if if there's something in the story I'll give it a go and and if it's still too short and I still think it's good enough I want but I want you all to get your podcast worth but sometimes if a story can hold it and the bones are there I can kind of just swim around in it a little bit, and I really, really enjoy that. And I hope you do too. We'll chat a bit more afterwards. But this is The Fairy Dancing Hill on Fireside. The Fairy Dancing Hill Once there was a young man with the most fantastic name of Lanty McCluskey. Lanty was left a rather sizeable inheritance by the death of his uncle Joe McCluskey, not to be confused with Captain Mark McCluskey, the corrupt police captain in cahoots with the Tattalia crime family and Virgil Salazzo and the Godfather, although I'm sure he was a relation. Lanty McCluskey should also not be confused with Mick McGilligan, who was also left a sizable inheritance by the death of his uncle Joe, who threw a fancy ball down in the old ancestral hall, but that's another story, or rather it's another song. But it does share a theme with our story. Young Lanty McCluskey found himself a wife, and now the newly married couple needed somewhere to live, lanty scoured the land of county wicklow looking for the perfect spot but nowhere seemed quite right when one is browsing for property you would imagine you usually have to make a lot of compromises and that's difficult considering that buying property is probably the one thing you want to compromise on least of all and that's should you find yourself in the incredibly advantageous position to be able to afford property in the first place eventually Lanty came across a six-acre farmland near the valley of Glenmalore. On the land, there was a hill that looked over the entire valley, and Lanty McCluskey decided that would be the perfect place to build his house. But that particular hill was already in use. Lanty had thought the farm had been a very reasonable price for six acres in such a prime location, but the farmer who had sold him the land was an honest man. Why are you selling up, if you don't mind me asking, Lanty had asked. Well, it's too much land for just myself. And to be honest, there is just myself, but the land is still a bit crowded, if you know what I mean. Actually, I don't. Well, this farm has become or probably always was, a meeting place for the other folk. Lanty wasn't superstitious. He supposed fairies might exist, but this was his land now. He had bought it fair and square, but the farmer went on. "'Will you live in the farmhouse, or do something with it yourself?' "'Well,' began Lanty, "'it's always been an ambition of mine to build my own home.' Nice and all as this farmhouse is, I think we'll build on another spot. Well, just do yourself a favour and don't build it on that hill. The hill the farmer was pointing to was the very place Lanty had picked out. It was without doubt the best spot for the house, the best view of the land. And why not? asked Lanty. That is the fairy's dancing place. Lanty McCluskey paid this old farmer no heed, and beg as everyone else did, nothing would do him only to build a big farmhouse on that particular hill. The foundations and bricks were laid, the windows and doors fitted, the roof thatched, and the whole structure coated in paint. It was a long, hard job, with Lanty doing most of the work with his own two hands, and at no point was there any accidents or mishaps that could be misconstrued for fairy interference. By the time the house was finished, everyone was in agreement that either the fairies had moved on, or they hadn't been there in the first place. But I suppose the idea of a dancing place never really left Lanty McCluskey's mind, for as soon as that house was complete, he called for an almighty session. He ordered crates of tobacco, barrels of porter, bottles of whiskey, and all the food and cake you could imagine. All was carted up and down the steep, narrow, and windy roads of the Glenmalure Valley lanty also hired a fiddler a piper and a whistler to entertain the assembled crowd the party began and it was indeed the session to end all sessions the noise of screaming voices and dancing feet echoed through the Wicklow mountains there was food drink dancing and fighting all proper order Between the jigs and the reels and the whiskey and the cake and the sheer volume of guests in attendance, it felt like the farmhouse wouldn't hold. And then it began to feel like the house was about to collapse. And then Lanty went outside and realised the house was physically being pulled apart. On the roof and at each corner of his beloved new home, Lanty McCluskey saw hundreds of pairs of tiny hands falling at the support beams and tearing Thatch off the roof and he realized what was going on. This was indeed a fairy dancing place. The other folk had come to dance and there was no dancing place so there they were dancing on the roof and they would tear the place to the ground with Lanty and all of his guests inside. Stop! Please! Stop! Stop! cried Lanty McCluskey. "'I'll move. I'll take the house down, brick by brick and beam by beam. You can have your dancing place back. I'm so sorry. It was stupid of me to think I could just build me house here. I I just wanted to see the view, the beauty of the view of the valley, but I was selfish. But please, all my friends have traveled so far. If this place is that important to you, then you all love to dance.' And you know how important it is to dance. So please, just give me this one night and tomorrow I'll move. There was silence. And then Lanty McCluskey was surprised to hear the sound of a thousand pairs of tiny applauding hands. Good man, Lanty, came a call. Fair play to you, came another. Come on the tunes, came a third. Then another voice, older and more authoritative, spoke. Build your new house halfway between two white thorns above the boreen. After that request there was no more said. Lanty McCluskey heard the sound of scurrying feet and then was left to the sound of the wind and the echoes of the still raging party inside. Lanty looked to the spot. A boreen was just a name for a little road coming from Boarine. A white thorn, or hawthorn as it would be more commonly known, is one of the most sacred trees to the other folk, to the point where it is known as the fairy thorn. There are tales of a man who cut down a hawthorn and the next morning woke up paralysed. Another, who used hawthorn branches for kindling, had his prize cow collapse in a fit. I personally would have thought the man would have burst into flames himself, but maybe that's just me. So had he not been given specific instructions, Lanty would not have dreamed of building anywhere near the hawthorn trees, even though he totally ignored advice to build on the fairy dancing place. Part of Lanty still thought that it was all a trick, and that this was further punishment for building on the dancing hill. But tear down his house, Lanty did, and replanted seeds so the grass would grow on the hill once more. He then went on to dig the foundations in the new spot between the two white thorns above the boreen. Lanty found something he didn't expect to see outside of a fairy tale. But then, Lanty supposed... He was living in a fairy tale, for Lanty McCluskey found in the ground a pot full to the brim of gold. The young man had bowed to the fairy's demands, and he had been rewarded. He built a house twice the size of the first, but making sure to keep a distance and in respect of the white thorn-trees. He continued to host parties and sessions with dancing into the small hours. And sometimes Lanty McCluskey would go outside and listen to the shouts and cheers of the other folk dancing on top of the hill, often to their own far superior music, but sometimes to the music from the farmhouse. Sometimes both fairy and mortal dance to the same tune. The end. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Hello, my friends, and welcome to That's Banging, with me, Marcus Olera. And me, Chris Mellon. A new podcast celebrating everything good, from farm to plate, ship to service, and field and fork. A celebration of everything tasty, fresh, and excellent that's coming off our island at the moment. As well as interviews with people who are shaping the best of the best of food and drink from around the country. We'll be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. And that is the tale of Lanty McCluskey on Fireside. The tale of the Fairy Dancing Hill. What a name. Lanty McCluskey. You just can't make... Well, you can't make this up. Um, It's just a great Irish folktale name, isn't it? It's one of my favourites I've come across... I've never heard Lanty before, I'd be interested to see what it's short for. Maybe it's obvious, if any of you out there know Lanty, or are Lanty and know what it means, please do tell me. Yeah, I never really thought that I'd get a Godfather reference into a uh, into an episode of Fireside. But yes, when I came across this name, Lanty McCluskey, the only other McCluskey I know, for any North American listeners, or really any listeners outside of Ireland... McCluskey is one of those Irish names I feel is is in America but I haven't met a McCluskey or heard of a McCluskey here. I'm sure there are plenty, but chief McCluskey in The Godfather Part 1 is the the image that came to my to my head and couldn't resist dipping it in. But this, and also, this whole story reminds me an awful lot of a folktale called Mick McGilligan's Ball. And I speak very personally from this point of view, because my grandfather, Chris Kern, he was uh, an actor and a shanakee himself. And if anyone is interested, there is a clip on YouTube, you can look it up, look up... uh, Chris Kern and Joe Lynch doing Mick McGilligan's Ball on The Late Late Show. Uh, they were both from Cork and The Late Late Show in Ireland did a, did a whole special of Cork entertainers and they did it in Cork and it's a duet between Joe Lynch who Irish listeners will know as, uh, as Dinny from Row. and he was a real, real stalwart of Irish stage and screen. He, uh, he plays Blazes Boylan in the Ulysses film them in the 60s which granddad is also in but it's a very very special video to me I look at it because my granddad died when I was very young I only have very early memories of him but I followed him very much in his footsteps in terms of his career so I always feel very close to him so every so often footage gets put up online of him um I think I've spoken to him about it before about the second coming about the video of him reading the second coming as he ate's which is also on YouTube. But do yourselves a favour, because if you don't know the song, it's a great tune, and it's just a great double act they do. I, I'm a sucker for a bit. I love a, I love an act, you know. I, I love variety entertainment. It's why I love The Muppet Show so much. The idea of having an act, you know, pieces that go together. I love that so much, and their Mick McGilligan's Ball was great. But that is about another raucous party held in a new and new place or the old ancestral hall as it is. So I think when I read this story for the first time that was what really drew me to it. And also it was this image of the house physically being torn apart. You know no fairy curses so to speak. The fairies literally rolled up their sleeves and got their hands dirty. And Often there are stories where it's the fairies just screwing over mortals. Sometimes they reward them. But here we have a nice warning, an actual, where Lanty McCluskey wins over the fairies and does what he's told. And this allowed me another opportunity to talk a bit about another fantastic book series that I'm in at the moment, which is... um. I always I I wish I could pronounce his name correctly someone can point me and uh, Niall Quitter or Quittier or uh, Niall uh, has this series of books on Ireland's trees wildflowers uh animals and birds uh, one book on each I think there's four in total in the series I had come across Ireland's trees that was the first one I wanted because I wanted to know a bit more about the folklore and mythology of Ireland's tree life and I loved it so much that I bought the birds one and I'm currently in the middle of the animals one but so all of this stuff about the folk beliefs of whitethorn trees and hawthorn trees towards the end of the story I, it comes from Ireland's Trees by Lon here. So it was a great example of this is very much a story by I, I, from the Yates version or from the Yates book that I was able to weave a bit more and thicken out with a bit more texture coming from another source. And I always love that. I love when my sources collide and overlap, but it feels like all one lived in world, like like we are with dipping back into the myths that we've revisited some of before there's not a huge amount else to say about this story because it it speaks for itself, you know, it's a, it's a short, simple tale, but one that just, that really grabbed me, that I, I liked, I liked straight away, I loved this image of this party happening and of the house physically being torn apart and this round of applause that Lanty McCluskey gets when he do, when he does it and i do feel this is an example of a story that you know could be told in in less than a page and in i don't know how i'll see how long it actually was but it didn't actually feel too short in the reading of it because i felt i was able to flesh it out a little bit more and live in the world and i felt like i got more into it and i'm trying to develop more and more a, a looser style since i started editing the podcast myself I find myself trying to prepare more for the recordings to try and ease the editing process because I depending on how tired I am or how congested I am or sometimes there's no rhyme or reason at all, sometimes I'm messing up constantly when recording these and they take a lot of editing, I get tongue-tied and sometimes they just flow and have a much looser conversational feel and I like that much more and I would lean more into that. Sometimes I can, I read from a script but sometimes a line comes and I just improvise freely and that makes it into the final edit. And I love when that happens because it feels authentic. It feels like you and I are just having a conversation and that's what I want. I love audio books and possibly will read, you know, audio of my own work one day. But this isn't as much like that. I want these to feel like I am talking to you, and that they can have a, a looser, freer approach, you know. Because I I hope to to write collections and put you know make a book of Fireside of the best episodes and rewrite these and and have definitive of definitives of my versions of these stories, but these are very. I write these episodes in one draft and sometimes get a redraft in just because of the time frame of having to write one every week but the advantage of that is i can keep a looser oral nature to these stories like they were intended to be told that the difference between you know these folk tales and maybe some of the myths is that they can change with each telling they are organic and that is crucial to keeping them alive and I'm going to wrap things up there because that story has put me in really good form and I hope it has done for you as well. Recording these, this podcast in isolation has been one of the great solaces of the pandemic. But uh, naturally, I find myself recording it at different times of day. Sometimes I record it first thing in the morning, sometimes last thing at night. Try to get in, in, a nice routine of it. I usually I usually write An episode two weeks ahead of time and record the following week's episode on one day, then edit it the next day. I try and divvy stuff out so I can keep my other writing projects and things on the go as well while devoting enough time. Fireside really gives my week structure. And I love, it. that's probably the thing I'm most grateful to it for. It keeps, it's a constant deadline to meet and I try and keep ahead of myself and keep getting more and more invested into it. I'm finding myself in a really good place with it as well. So I hope you're all feeling that as well. So thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to Alan, Patty, and Connor. Everyone over at Head Stuff cannot wait to get back into the studio one of these days. And uh, please do follow me over on Instagram at FiresideBard.com honestly like i i feel it 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 lessens the authenticity of the podcast sometimes to plug the instagram so much because instagram is the devil but it's a useful devil and seeing beefing up the profile it's just a thing people go on so much when they're looking checking you out so my the listeners of this podcast being re- reflected in the instagram really does help and they they are starting to now it's starting to look like a healthier account Um, so thank you so much to all of those who do follow me and please do continue to to follow me if you haven't already and yeah please join headstuff plus if you're in a position to and you want to it's a great new thing Um, it's going to be where there's a lot of new content and I feel it'll just create a more personal community that I can keep in touch with all of you that want to keep in touch with me that cuts out the middleman of Patreon or of Instagram. And it's just a bit more of a personal approach and it's our site, you know? It's the plus can be ours and it is ours. So I'll see you all next time when we have a... You'll hear me next time when we have a folk... Or a myth. We have a myth of... Uh, because I'm actually recording this on La Fela Brida at the start of Imbolc, the Celtic feast of the beginning of the harvest, or St. Bridget's Day as it's known now. So realistically, this episode should have been St. Bridget's Day, but I'm going to make up for that. So I'm going to do a story about Bridget, about the the goddess of the Tua de Dan and Bridget, who was then later appropriated as St. Bridget. Um, she's become a very popular character in irish mythology in like the last 50 years so i'm really looking forward to meeting her it was a really enjoyable episode to write so i hope you all enjoy it too i'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious